Welcome to another episode of the Luton Town International Podcast. My name is Gavin and I'm joined by Alex. Hi Alex, how's it going? Oh, I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Happy good. after the weekend? Ah, oh, yeah. Well, I've been happy since before Christmas, haven't I? Shut Matty Blair up? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it shut him pretty much up, yeah. <laughs> we're going to start with um, we're gonna start with the, the newspaper article that said Harford had a plan to cope without Collins. Obviously, James Collins on international duty with Ireland uh, for the games against Gibraltar and Georgia, I believe. Uh, he said he had a plan to cope, and it, it seems as if he did, Alex. Yeah, well, you can't really complain about the result on the weekend, can you? 4-0 thrashing, and, uh, well, from what I see, uh, what I saw, we were the complete dominant side, and there was absolutely nothing the opposition could do about our domination. Yeah, I think over the last couple of games, there's been games where um, I've kind of felt we haven't created enough, but Saturday wasn't one of them games. We absolutely destroyed them from start to finish. I think they had a couple of half chances uh, when it's 0-0 and 1-0. We are kind of thinking, okay, guys, don't let them get back into the game here. But uh, other than that, we controlled the game from start to finish. Yeah, absolutely. We we were in full control and... and uh, it, it it was it was ama- quite amazing to see how many chances we scored and like if if we if we had if we had been a bit more efficient we probably would have gone into double digits for sure. We did have one downside to the game on Saturday though, which was Dan Potts' injury. He came back into the game, started the game. They pushed James Justin into midfield, and then twenty three minutes in, he has to get taken off. But not a bad substitution to be able to bring on to bring on Luke Berry. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and the fact that we we brought up a, a midfielder for a left back just shows how how flexible the team is now that we have so many players who are able to play in different positions and uh, yeah, bringing on Luke Berry and just pulling pulling down James Justin uh, seemed seemed to do the trick. Luke Berry obviously has had his injury pro- uh, problems in the past as well, so it's good to see him get back in and get a few games under his belt and uh, get one goal. Possibly could have been two goals. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just so amazing to see uh, to to see how many opportunities we created and the kind of the kind of if if there were anything that I I could pinpoint as a negative, it was the fact that we had so many chances we didn't put away. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and go, okay. If we don't take our chances, are we are we, are we going to regret it come the final whistle? But I mean, Doncaster's keeper as well at certain points kept them in the game. Yeah, absolutely, and he he proved he proved a tough nut to crack, and maybe that's someone we could look at signing for for next season. Honestly, I don't think goalkeeping is where we need to where we need to threaten. I mean, we've got James Shea, we've got uh, Stetch, and we've got Isted, who's um or Isted, who's been who's been getting rave reviews as well. Uh, 
I don't think it's one of the positions that we'd need to strengthen. Them. Do you disagree? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to to think to um, how how do you say it? How how it's kind of hard to um, translate this team into a championship team. Um, I'm thinking personally. I think I would have preferred. Uh, a goalkeeper with a bit more of a bigger repertoire and, and than um, than the ones we have at the moment. Um, I think our defense is pretty solid. Jack Stace is just getting better and better with every year, and we seem to have a really good defensive centre back pairing as well. Um, our left backs, well, we have plenty of options on left back, but um, yeah, as we're going to discuss a bit later, we we seem to be looking at strengthening that position as well. Um, so yeah, for me personally, I think actually the goalkeeping side isn't isn't as strong as some people seem to think, and the fact that we have been swapping around between two two goalkeepers, well, uh, Marek Stesh haven't had much of a look in after after this long run, which he shouldn't have either, because well, we're undefeated, so I change anything. Exactly, and and, and that seems to be the game plan. Don't change anything. Uh, I believe I owe you an apology. Because on the last podcast we did, I believe it was just before the Gillingham game, and I predicted a 2-0 win, and you predicted 2-1 originally, and then I, I think, peer pressured you into changing your, um, your mind, because I, I think I said something along the lines of, uh, you really think they're going to score on us. Not only did they score on us, but they scored on us twice, so I apologize for that, but as an apology, I will say your boy Pelly's finish on Saturday night, on Saturday, was nothing short of sublime. Yeah, I mean everyone's been so critical against Pelly Ruddock, but like the the fact the fact I don't think people actually notice all the stuff he does for the team. He he does a lot of stuff in the background. That, that people aren't aware of, especially his positioning and his running, is creating havoc against opposition opposition uh, midfielders. He's creating he's creating a lot of free kick for us in dangerous positions as well. Um, and the fact that the fact that his movement is, yeah, I I, I haven't seen I haven't seen any kilometer markers. Uh, for how many kilometers people have run every game, but I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that that Pelly would probably be very high up there. And it was a great a great pass by Lualua as well to for for Pelly's finish and Lualua, who obviously replaced Collins. He had one of them games where you kind of think to yourself, now, okay, how are we going to change this team when Collins gets back? Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, he was brilliant. It was, it was just wonderful to see, and and he adds something completely different. Like with 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 Collins and Hilton, you have that strong center uh, central attack pairing. You know, with with one uh, with, with both being well, not not even target men, but more advanced forwards. But but Lua Lua has something else. He's more a creative a creative striker who who draws defenders against them and creates openings elsewhere and uh, yeah it's just it's just amazing to, and what a technique I think personally I think he's is one of the most technically gifted players uh, to play for, for Luton Town in many 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 years 
he he definitely tore Doncaster apart. And him and Pelly, as you said, Pelly wins a lot of free kicks for us. But him, Luelua as well on Saturday, he 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 made Doncaster's life hell. I I think the the right back or the left back had a yellow card after about twenty minutes. Basically, just couldn't touch him after that. He 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 just he absolutely tormented them. And I was glad to see him score as well. Because a lot of times a player can have this sort of game and not score, and it can, especially when you win four 0 can be kind of forgotten about. Uh, but he 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 deserved his goal, um, and he he Doncaster will be glad to see the back of him. Yeah, exactly, and uh, and uh, yeah, as as you said, I I don't think I don't think Doncaster would uh, would would appreciate playing against him every week. <laughs> And then obviously, uh, as we were talking about, the, the goals paid off uh, in the second half. Danny Hilton with the tap-in from all of about half a yard on 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 Luke Berry's shot. Uh, and then Stacey's marauding run for the third, setting up, uh, setting up Blue Alua. There, there, was, there was a period of time there in the second half where Doncaster, I think, were just thinking to themselves, OK, let's get out of here with our dignity intact. And and they didn't, did they? <laughs> they? They really didn't. We just we just kept going. At, and honestly, like I've seen Luton in the past, and they'll go one 0 up, and then they'll go two 0 up, they'll go three 0 up, and then they'll take the foot off the gas. We didn't do that against Doncaster. It was like we had oh. something to prove, uh, and we ah. just kept the foot on the gas, and we just kept going at them. And it was just like this. this it it could have been as you I, I think you said earlier on the podcast. It could have been. Much, much more could have been six, could have been seven, could have been eight. Yeah, like if you look at if you look on iFollow and and uh, watch watch the extended highlights, watch the extended highlight and see how many incredible chances we burned. It was just so amazing. It was so crazy to watch the one where we hit the woodwork and yeah, there was oh, just so many good chances we wasted. But well, there you go. That 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 that's just the name of the game. We can't score every, every, on every opportunity, but. God damn, did we get close a lot of times this time around. And then obviously Luke Berry finished it off with the fourth. He, he intercepted a great uh, a pass coming out of back from Doncaster. He intercepted it and he just took his time and finished it finished it uh, coolly. And that was just the nail in the coffin for poor Maddie Blair because then the Luton fans were really letting them know what they thought of him. Yes, exactly. Oh, it just—it felt so good, didn't it? As well, like getting back on, getting back at Matt Blair, and getting back like uh, the rivalry against him and a certain other Mister Brody goes back to the York days, and and just 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 completely destroying his football team was. I think I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of the the fact that we were keeping up this high tempo against them was a little bit because they had uh, the players had something to prove. And I think Mick Harford said it perfectly after the game when he said I think I think we all read it and I mean, we respect what he says. We respect that but we proved today that we're a better team than Doncaster. We don't go around saying we're the best team in the league. We we were better than Doncaster today and that, that's all that matters. That's just the perfect way to, to sum it up because he, he, he didn't go too in on, on Blair. He, he basically turned around and said, you know, the media can, can twist your words and, and can make you look foolish. And I, I, don't, I haven't heard the audio, so I don't know exactly how it sounded coming from Matty Blair. But I'm sure after the game he was sitting there and I'm sure a few of his teammates turned around and said, couldn't have fucking said anything else, could you have? 
Yeah, exactly, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I, I think, I think uh, Mick was uh, trying to be gracious in 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 in, uh, in in victory, as you should be gracious in defeat. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, me personally, I think they pretty much were very motivated by what Mary Blair said. I want to I want to move on to to an article that was in the Guardian this week, and it, it talks about Luton's season. It talks about them at the start of the season, and it, it talks about Alan Sheen and uh, and Nathan Jones and saying we haven't come here just to play second second best. We've come here to prove a point uh, into this league, and we 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 believe that we can win every single week going into a game. And obviously Jones left, and Sheen's not really in the team. He, he he's playing a, a pivotal role from the bench, but not really making the first team. Uh, Mick Harford's come in, and one of the things Mick said was he didn't change anything. He he knew how good this team was, and he knew they that the way they were playing and how well they were playing. It was just like why change anything? Um, it 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 just it shows how well we were playing, despite maybe results not exactly going our way at the beginning of the season. It shows how well we were playing even under Jones. Well, of course, you know, you 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 gotta you gotta be you gotta be uh, uh, grateful for what Nathan Jones. Uh, started at the start of the season, but if if he had been any kind of a manager, of, or well, in my opinion, he probably should have finished the job he started because taking taking Luton to the championship, yeah, sure, he wouldn't have been getting paid as much money as the next six months. The next six months, um, but but like leaving us like that, I think I think a lot of the uh, anger towards that and 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 stuff like that is more more about. The fact that we had something good, why why would he want to try and ruin it? But maybe maybe Nathan Jones saw something that that we didn't see that that this was such a good setup that it couldn't be broken. And uh, well, Mick Harford was the right man to do it because he 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 knew he knew the system from the inside and he knew what to do and 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 also the like like you're saying not to change it at all because. Because the system is working, but like fundamentally, if you look at what Nathan Jones took with him to Stoke, he took took with him the fitness coach, and uh, I think a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of a lot of the the groundwork was was put down by that fitness coach uh, as well. So, so you you could always you could always start asking questions: what what will happen next season? Will we with a new manager come? Come in, and will we have a similar type of fitness coach who's able to keep keep up the the good work that was done before this season? And you think about that run we've gone on; it's even more impressive when you look at that back at the beginning of the season and think that we started the season uh, with two w- without a win in three games. We lost to Portsmouth, we drew with Sunderland, we lost to Peterborough. I think we lost. I think we lost three in our first seven. So the, the yeah, room we've gone on has just been, it, it's been out of this world. Yeah, but you also look at the teams we played in the first six or seven games. They were really difficult teams to play. And like, I think, I think in my opinion, I think that the start of this, uh, start of start of the season was probably one of the toughest league starts we've had in the season since that second season in the championship back, 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 way back when. And uh, yeah, but, but, so, so the kind of the the points we were expected to lose were there at the beginning of the season, and then we just slowly crawled back up after that. I want to read a comment from this article that was on the on the Guardian website, 
And and tell me if this sounds uh, l- l- like a team you might know. They're not pretty to watch. Very reliant on aggression and diving, time-wasting, moaning to the refs, etc. Those tactics don't work at the higher level. They will need massive wholesale change to survive in the championship, but are not likely to have the funds. Promotion, then relegation is my prediction. Yeah, I, I can't say much to that. That uh, I don't. I don't think he's been actually watching watching our team play. Does that sound uh, like Luton Town? Does that sound like the team you've been watching? No, not at all. And I think if I if I'm if if I'm going to be like super duper honest here and say that we've probably applied a little bit more time wasting tactics uh, since since well maybe since after Christmas. But I I think it's more 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 of the fact that we're kind of saving ourselves for next match as well. Like when the game is already won and done, why should we do a lot of extra work? Like the the game the game we had now at Doncaster was different because I think a lot of players felt they had something to prove and and we've also maybe not been our at our best the last four or five games, even though we've still not lost a game. So I, th- I think the players kind of felt they had something to prove, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't say I recognise uh, Luton at all from that. I mean, we're in a position, Alex, where I know you have to get up early hours in the morning to watch the games, and although I don't have to be up as early as you, I still have to be to get up around seven a.m. to to watch the games live. And I'll be totally honest with you and say, if it wasn't entertaining, I'd probably fall back asleep. Yeah, and I've done that a few times. So a few of the draws, I was like, nah, I watched the first half, and then I was like, nah, I'll just go back to bed. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I think, I think, like, I think, like, with the the the, the Saturday game was was pretty much, yeah, it was it was one of the best Luton games I've seen since the thumping of Leeds when we won five one against Leeds. I think, I think, I think I want to go that far back to see. To just to exemplify how I felt we dominated the Doncaster game, and we we spoke about him a little bit earlier on. James Shea, there was an article on him as well about dropping to non-league from from Arsenal, and then then working his way back up the leagues. Uh, a specific question because you're you're seeing a lot of young English players now uh, starting to to look to move abroad. Jaden Sancho is one, and Hudson Adai at Chelsea is wanted by Bayern. Do you think young players are starting to finally get the idea that the Premier League is not the be all end all? Well, if you if you look at what's in the Premier League, it 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 should make perfect sense for players that that the Premier League isn't a good place for a young English player at the moment because the young English players aren't getting a look in the uh, the results of the international side is just showing the same the same problem that that uh, the, the youngsters aren't getting getting blooded on on an appropriate level for international matching so when you have when you have such a low percentage of of the players in in the premier league being english and uh, able to play for for the english international side you will get poor results um other sides who have been doing really well like uh, the dutch dutch team in the in the 90s and the early 2000s that they did well because a lot of their players got exported to and get exported and played in bigger leagues and got more exposure and more more uh, uh, more more match practice against 
tougher players. So, so when you have a lot of the, the, the English players now sitting on the bench or maybe being on the fringes of their, their side in the Premier League, there's no, there, there's a perfect good explanation for why they aren't succeeding as well in the international, uh, on an international level. Do you see more young players going that route? Because I know, uh, kind of getting away from Luton, but not really. I know Chelsea have a, a transfer ban coming up, and when you look at some of the players they have out on loan, Lewis Baker came through Luton, Jay, Jay De Silva came through Luton. They've got about three teams, I think, worth of players out on loan right now. Do you, do you, do you think players are more willing now to move away from the Premier League? Do you think they'll, they'll look at that and go, well, you know what? He did it. Maybe I can do it and further my career as well. I think I think I, I think you, it's really hard, really to to know for sure. Like it's a it's a good comfortable cushion getting maybe thirteen thousand or twenty five thousand pounds a week for sitting on the arse and doing nothing, or being being maybe out on loan at a lower league club. As long as you're still getting the money. Why? Why does it really matter what team you play for? You know, that I think I think a lot of the attitudes in the Premier League for all of those fringe players, for like those humongous squads, is going a little bit towards that. Like, why would I want to move and and be less secure at a at a lower paying job? Um, I don't really have any international uh, aspirations or possibilities. The money is too good for me. Why would I want to move? So it's a comfortability level. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is. Like, uh, I can't remember the name, but you had that Sunderland player who, who, who signed for Sunderland and was earning like, was it forty or fifty thousand pounds a week, and he hardly played for a full year, and he refused to. He refused to be released because. Well, it wasn't his problem if he wasn't playing. You know, if if Sunderland didn't want to want to play him, that's fair. But he he was still getting paid that huge amount of money, anyways. And then, lastly, we'll move on to the uh, Newlands Park proposal. Uh, Luton Town will find out by Tuesday, April the ninth, whether their proposal for a mixed scheme at Newlands Park will be called in by the Secretary of State, James Brokenshire, MP. And that comes days after the 10th anniversary of our Johnson's Paint Trophy win, which is April the 5th. Thomas. Here's Bob. Good omen, bad omen, Alex. <laughs> nah, well, I, d- I don't think I don't believe in omens. I don't believe in good luck or bad luck, really. I think I think it's just just uh, a, a number picked. But yeah, well, hopefully we, we will have just as much luck, uh, just as much luck as we had that day when we when we won the Johnson Payne Trophy. So we'll just have to wait and see. And I'm, but I'm positive. I think I think that they they've done such a good job. Both both the both Luton Borough and and the club has done such a good job at, job at preparing that they don't really have any reason for 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 not uh, approving. What do you think? I don't think they have any reason to not approve it either. But saying that we are Luton Town and we've always been screwed over. So as I said a couple of weeks back on the podcast, I'm happy. I'm 
cautiously looking forward to it. But at the same point, I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. Yeah, I, as you're saying, cautiously optimistic. I think. I think that's the that that's the spirit for a Luton Town fan to be. That's that's what you should be when you're a Luton Town fan. You should be cautiously optimistic. I think it's the only way to be because we've been through so much at this point. I mean, I, I, when I was reading one of the articles today, um, it it had a link to remember Luton Town's uh, manager idol. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, the manager idol. Yes, that 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 was a lovely one, wasn't it? You know, like we we we. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still upset that we didn't get Steve Cottrell, though. I was really rooting for him. In in fairness, it kind of worked out for us because Newell did an okay job, but then he started opening his mouth far too much, and they were like, "Okay, we can't have this guy around the club. We're gonna have to get rid of him." You could say that, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mike Newell, I don't know how good he was for the club. <laughs> well, he, he he got his promotion, probably fair enough. Most of it was probably, probably Joe's team, but you still have to, just like Mix having to motivate the players right now, Mike would have had to motivate the players as well, and he got the job done, and we had that good season in the championship as well. I mean, he was, I'm not saying he was a great manager, he won't go down in that bracket at all, uh, but he... he he did a job for what he came in to do. And I know, put it this way, there's other people who come into the club who, although I try not to carry ill will towards anyone, I carry ill will, ill will towards. I don't carry any ill will towards Mike Neal. Well, yeah. Um, there, there, There's a lot of things about Mike Newell. I don't think, um, I don't think the public will ever get told. Um, and a lot of those things will probably uh, be quite upsetting if people get to hear them. So, um, yeah, um, me personally, uh, Mike Newell, I, I, I don't, I don't really give a fudge one way or the other um, about him. I, uh, the fact, the fact, what he has done after he he was at Luton, that the the chances he have been getting to to manage manage fairly fairly big clubs and still. Not being able to do anything with them kind of shows that he really doesn't have the knack as a manager. So, so t- speaking of managers, then who who would have been your favorite manager? Oh, I would have to say Jimmy Ryan. Jimmy Ryan and David Pleat, really, because the fact that they gave young players a chance, and like especially on the Jim Ryan, you know. We had so many youngsters playing that season. Uh, those seasons on the Jimmy Ryan, they they kept getting blooded. They kept getting pulled out of our, our youth setup and, and and got into the first team. And I kind of do miss those days because, like right now, we have one player who who is who is in our youth side and uh, who has made it into our um, first starting eleven and. Like there's been there's pretty much been one going through ever since like after Mike Newell there's just been one. First we had Jake Howells and and he he went on for a while and and then and then we now have have uh, James Justin and and those two have pretty much been the only players of significance who's been 
coming into our side and, and doing a job. And that is something I think that is really sad. Is that the one thing you want changed, even with all the even with the success that we're currently having? Well, success is one thing. How we how we get there is another. And um, well, moving forward now uh, with the new system and the new rules of the FA, that that we actually have to name one player who's who's a youth development in the starting squad, not not starting eleven, but starting squad, means that if we sell James Justin, we'll have to field someone else. But um, right now, I don't really know who that would be. Maybe Jack Jones, but. Yeah, we would we would always have to have at least one youth development on on the bench or in the starting eleven. And right now, the only one we have is J- James Justin. Jack James is really making a name for himself with the Irish with the Irish setup as well. The 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 underage team they they're they're doing extremely well. They're probably doing better than the freaking than the 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 full internationals at the moment. But uh, speaking speaking of players, one one thing that a lot of a lot of people on Twitter have been asking is who's the player of the season? How do you pick a player of the season? Oh, yeah, it's really hard, isn't it? Like, it, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you choose a player of the season. If, if I was to choose the player of the season, it would probably be one of our centre-backs, to be honest. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Sonny Bradley because he's actually scored goals as well. Uh, but but Sonny Bradley, Bradley hasn't scored Matthew. any goals this season. Oh, it's Pearson. Oh, Pearson. Yeah, Pearson. Okay. Well, either one of them have have, in my opinion, should should be player of the season. I mean, James Collins scored lots of goals and he's been named for the international Irish international side. But in my opinion, you know, we haven't. We haven't led in that many goals, and one of the reasons is that centre-back pairing. So one of them should definitely deserves it, in my opinion. You were a defender back in the day, weren't you? I was a left-back, yeah. Yeah, you can tell. I'd go for Andrew Shinney all day, every day. I just think Andrew Shinney's been absolutely fantastic this season. I think he's he's been he's been the link between the defence and the, and, and the attack. He... he, he he is that link that basically put glues the two of them together, makes everything work. Uh, I don't disagree with Pearson or even Bradley for that matter, or any of the back four uh, or back five if you count uh, Dan Potts. But for me, Andrew Shinney has every time every time I watched Luton play, he has been the player that has head and shoulders stood out beyond everyone else. As I said, it's really hard to say because I I, I don't disagree with Andrew Shinny either because yeah, as you say, he's been a he's been a really good player. But but yeah, there's there's been so many. It's so hard to like just pick one because everyone's been really good. And speaking of Shinny, let's end the podcast on the note that his brother has been rumored to maybe be wanting to join him at Kenilworth Road and I know you caught a bit of the Scotland game against Kazakhstan and weren't too impressed. No, his defending was awful for this Kazakhstan's second goal. He like completely lost his mark and the, that guy went ahead and scored. So I don't know. Well it seems like a typical loot and left back, doesn't it then? <laughs> Quite possibly. But uh <laughs> I mean I, I don't judge anyone by playing for Scotland, because let's face let's face it, Ireland are bad. They're fucking worse, uh, a lot worse. 
So y- you can't really judge him by playing for Scotland. I judge him a little bit no. more playing in Scotland uh, and not playing for one of the big two. I think if he if he was that good, he'd probably have made the step up already. And I know Rangers are apparently interested as well. But it, it's one of these things where he could come across and be absolutely fantastic. Uh, especially with Andrew Durr, he, he could slot in really well. But if you're if you're talking like they were talking, he 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 can play defensive midfield, which is a position we need some we need some strengthening in, strengthening in, especially if when or when Thorne goes back to Derby because you have McCormick who's not getting any younger, and you have Ray currently out injured. So for next season, at least he'd have a little bit of competition for a place in 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 there, and then also he can play along the back line apparently. So I mean, if we lose Stacy. We lose pots. We lose someone in the back line. He, he can probably slit and uh, slot in there, but uh, playing for Scotland is not a big. Uh, it's not. A, it's not a big deal. It doesn't make you look good. No. And uh, did you notice who was an unused substitute for the Scotland game? I didn't. I, I honestly, I've been working that much. I didn't even pay attention to the Ireland game. I looked. Stephen. Sing- Stephen. O- Stephen O'Donnell. Oh, well, there you go. That that just proved yeah, anything. So- Andrew. Andrew yeah, Shinney can't get all. into the team. Andrew Shinney can't get into the team, but Stephen O'Donnell yeah. can. Yeah, yeah that... well, that just says it all about the quality of defenders Scotland have at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, Ireland, I, I wanted to say, like, like Norway lost 2-1 to Spain, which which was sad, sad in a way, I guess, but but at least we put up a fight. But, like, Ireland won 1-0 away to Gibraltar. Can, can, you, can, you, can you honestly say you're happy with that result? Dude, it, so... Honestly, I looked at the results, seeing that we won 1-0, checked to see if the A, the goal scorer was Collins, or B, if he got off the bench. If he got off the bench, I was going to try to come home and find a replay of the game somewhere and watch it. But when I seen that he didn't score or come off the bench, I didn't even bother watching the game. I heard <laughs> I heard from people back home that, you know, when I told them, they, they asked me, did you watch the game? And I said, no. They were like, lucky bastard. Uh, so that tells that tells me everything that I, I need to know about the game. But there's so yeah, much man. turmoil going on in Ireland right now with the FAI and John Delaney and irregularity payments that, you know, it, it's going to be a while before... It's going to be a while before football gets back off the ground over there. Irregularity payments? Just like, are we talking like... Uh, are you talking like 30, 30 quid and a, and, a, and a pot of coffee or something? Well, apparently, like, okay, so nothing's been proven yet, so everything is apparently, apparently, th- he was getting like a 360,000 euro a year for the job that he was doing, which I don't understand because I don't get anywhere near that, and I work harder than him. John Delaney's a fucking idiot as far as I'm concerned. Um, but then apparently they were also paying for his house. Like he's earning three hundred and sixty grand a year, and he's not even paying the rent on his own house. Allegedly, let's allegedly let's, yes. Let's, Throw in that last word there. Allegedly, yeah. Let's uh, put put that in there just just to make sure we don't get sued or something. <laughs> but yeah, no. Nah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't that does sound like the good old island island, doesn't it? Really. I mean, I I want to see Collins play against Georgia. If nothing else, just to give these guys a chance. And I, I know they're competitive games and you need to win them. But why bother bringing them into the team if you're not going to bother throwing them in there? Throw them in there, see how he um, goes. Yeah. 
The whole the whole Come FAI on. is in fucking shambles right now. Like we're not going to qualify for any major tournament in the next couple of years. <laughs> And and come on, you won one nil away to freaking Gibraltar. The, you should you should you should swap out your strikers if they only manage one freaking goal against Gibraltar. And the goal didn't even come from a striker. No, no, of course it didn't. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it it's it's bad, and it's it's not gonna it's it's gonna get worse before it gets better over there, which surprised me a little bit that Mick McCarthy took the job, uh, but. I think he's taking the job to try steady the ship a little bit. And at the end of maybe two or three years when he leaves, I think Robbie Keane will get the job full time. But my my worry is Robbie Keane's never coached before. We don't know what he's like. He could be fantastic. He could be absolute muck. Uh he's been a fantastic player for us. There's nothing take not no taking that away from him. But my main concern is that all this shenanigans <laughs> that's going on right now, alleged shenanigans, is not going to be fixed by then. It's it's gonna it's gonna keep rolling on, and it's gonna do nothing for the sport. I mean, I I know people in Ireland right now. We 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 young kids, and they don't have them in, in football. They have them in Gaelic, and with the way double the Dublin Gaelic team's going, there's more chance of you winning with the Dublin Gaelic team than there is of going into a football team and actually doing anything decent because. The whole system's just messed up. They need to. They need to basically just start from scratch again. <laughs> well, there you have it. Now, now you, you, now, now we made the. Now we made the international part of Luton Town International there you podcast go. work as well. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you for uh, your time, Gavin, and um, thank you for coming on. And let's um, let's uh, see if we can't uh, scurry up and do another podcast in about two weeks' time. I was thinking that, and I just want to say, by two weeks' time, hopefully we'll have a, a few more points on the board. And I've been calculating it. I think we only need 17 points from our last seven games. If we get 17 points from our last seven games, Sunderland would need to win every single game from now to the end of the season, which is it's doable for Sunderland, but would also need to overtake us in goal difference. So, you know, yeah, uh, 17 points, that's should. the aim. It's looking, it's looking good, all right. I, I, I agree. It's looking really good, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. the 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 bear The bear hasn't been shot yet, but we're getting really close. <laughs> the rifle's in hand. Yep. All right. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, speak to you next time.